This is DVM Loading, a podcast about the life of professional students from a veterinary perspective. With your hosts, Carling Hemstreet and Caitlin Marr, we go through the daily life of being in veterinary school with a fun twist. Let's get loading! Welcome back, listeners. This is DVM Loading with your hosts, Carling Hemstreet and Caitlin Marr. Hey, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. We made it through all of our exams. Oh, thank gosh. Yeah, so now we're looking towards spring break, so yes, we're we, pretty excited about it. We couldn't be more excited to catch up on much-needed sleep. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, like we talked about last week... Um, we went to TVMA. We went to the TVMA conference, which was my first veterinary conference to go to uh, ever. Yeah, it and was in the, the woodlands. And it was a good time for sure. It was really good. It was really good to get out of Amarillo. Yes. Uh, it was really good to get away from school. <laughs> it was good to be back in some humidity as soon as we got off the plane. Um, my dry hands immediately were like, thank you, Lord, for some moisture. <laughs> While all of these other East Texan people that uh, came with us were like, oh, my God, it is so muggy and gross. And I said, this is home. <laughs> I <laughs> said, I'm used it. to it. Yeah, no, I missed it, too. It was it was actually very beautiful weather while we were down there. Surprisingly for, like, the woodlands, um, it's usually really nasty weather, but it was a beautiful day. Yeah, weekend. it was actually really nice. I feel like Texas knew that we needed to get away from the panhandle weather for a little bit yes. and get away from the wind. We needed some sunshine we needed without some sunshine. the tumbleweeds. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, so my first conference, uh, I was really excited to be able to go and actually interact with other st- veterinary students and the other uh, practicing veterinarians. Uh, and I was able to catch up with some of my friends that go to Texas A&M's vet school, um, some of them that I have swam with since I was, like, eight years old. Yeah. Um, so it was really nice. I haven't seen them in years, so it was actually really funny to run into them there uh and you know we've known each other for you know majority of our lives and now we're in the same field it's kind of crazy it's kind of crazy that y'all all started swimming together you went your own ways to different universities and even to different vet schools but somehow like the vet community still brought y'all together so that's a was, small world it was cool to see you chatting with all your old swim buddies it was it was and your future colleagues so that's that's pretty cool it was um this is my second vet conference i've attended um during my gap year i went to swivs with my work at the time and it was a blast do you want to tell them what swivs is yeah so swivs is the southwestern veterinary symposium and uh it's huge like the big deal uh people from all all of the southern states and so we got to attend ces got to network a lot but at the time i was just a vet tech so i didn't know really how much um benefit that this these uh symposiums and conferences can bring to you um tvma was my first time as a vet student going to a conference and just the difference is crazy i met so many awesome people met some famous people shout out to walter brown and dr crocker Ooh, we met tiktok people <laughs> yeah we met some famous people i think you took a selfie with walter I didn't did. you yes it's all my social media um And so we met some really cool people, got to experience a lot of great DVMs, technicians, uh, support staff, and heard from a lot of really good speakers. We attended a few CEs, Mm -hmm. which was really fun. And we, like Harling said, we got to hang out with our um, sister, our state sister, (laughs) I guess, Texas A&M vet school. We got to hang out with them. So I had some friends that are in the... um, Second year, they're in their second year 
there at Vero and at the main campus. So it was really good to see all of them because we never have free time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, and I mean, when else are you going to see your friends like that, you know? So yeah. <laughs> it was it was really fun. And then uh, more on to the actual practice partners that we talked to. There was a m- recent grad mixer on the Friday night that we were able to go to. So not only were we able to meet some other really kind uh, A&M vet students, but we also were able to talk to practice partners that are newly graduated. You know, I think it was within the, pr- the last five years they graduated, yeah. I want to say. Um, so you really got to pick their brains about what it is to be a recent grad, uh, talking, um, to them about, you know, how they practice Mm -hmm. and then, um, what their plans are, if they're going to own their own practice or if they want to go and specialize some more, um, talk to some really great, great, um, practices that they're out, you know, doing some great things. I, I think that was probably my favorite event of the whole conference because we got to chit chat in a more comfortable laid back environment with fellow classmates, um, A&M students, Vero students, and also all of the recent grads like you had said. Uh, I got uh, stuck talking with uh, some recent graduates about their practice, how they overcame some of the initial hurdles as a graduate and I talked to them for hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were probably tired of hearing from me, but I asked them so many questions. I just, you know, in my head, I have so many things I want to know, especially because a lot of them are practice owners, mm-hmm. and I wanted to, I wanted to know more about that because that's something I'm interested in. So, to all of y'all who get the chance to go to conferences in the future, do it. Study on the airplane, study in the Airbnb, whatever you have to do to make it work. It was definitely worth it. Yeah, it may sound like it's a lot of money or a lot of time that you have to take away from school, but it is so worth it. And it is nice to just interact with your your classmates in a different way, too. I feel like I got to know some of our classmates uh, very differently. Um, Yeah, and a lot better outside of the classroom uh, and actually doing, like, real people things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was really nice. Plus, some of the conferences uh, pay you if you wanted to work shifts. And mm-hmm. so, like, me and a, cl- a couple classmates, we signed up to work some shifts to be compensated. Uh, and so that helped pay for my entire flight. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, so it, it worked out really nicely. Yeah, it worked out really well. And, like, we got, because we were uh, the first 100 vet mm-hmm. students there, we also got $100 to reimburse travel. Yeah. So uh, this conference in particular really tried to help the students out in actually getting us there by, by giving us some financial Incentives. Incentives to actually go um, and all of that. So it was it was really good. Um, Plus it, it was fun. The President's Ball was Harry Potter themed. The food was fantastic. Oh, the food was so good. And the community was just good. Full of a lot of really um, motivation. A lot of motivation in our, in our industry. Mm-hmm. So this kind of got Carling and I interested in talking about owning our own practice mm-hmm. in the future. We had talked to a lot of... Uh, graduates and older GVMs who have gone through the trials of owning and not owning their practices. And so it kind of got Carling and I's brain, you know, going. And and I had not known if she wanted to own or, you know, if I really wanted to own at the end of the day. So I think we're going to talk about that for a minute. Um, Carling, so after this weekend, and I guess not just this weekend in general, can you see yourself owning a vet practice in the future? So going into vet school, I would have told you absolutely not. 
but now after, you know, I mean, it's only been a semester and say a half, but I feel like talking to different practice owners uh, and talking, being in VBMA and, and hearing about all the resources that we have, I, I definitely think I want to own my own vet practice. I think it's a really good way to actually create your own culture. And if you see an issue in the veterinary industry, you know, you can actively work to change that. And I know we've we've discussed on this podcast, I mean, even only the five episodes that we've had, we've talked about some things that we want to change in the veterinary industry. Mm-hmm. And that's a very easy way for us to implement those changes because we, and I mean, I think even before we started recording, we were talking about how receptionists are hard to keep in a vet clinic Mm -hmm. and they are probably one of the most valuable uh, pieces of the puzzle for a veterinary clinic. I mean, they make the world run around in that clinic. I mean, I think they're probably just as important as the veterinarians to be honest. I don't believe there's a successful vet clinic out there without a really talented and hardworking receptionist. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. And, and they're so vital. And so by uh, being able to make a culture that can actually retain uh, employees, especially ones like receptionists, especially those really, really good receptionists mm-hmm. uh, that can train others, you know, it's it's super important. And so I, I think I've really found a passion for that. So uh, and I know you've been doing this too. Is that we've been trying to um, get gain more knowledge while we're here mm-hmm. because I we're not gonna go get an MBA <laughs> or anything like no. after this. Um, we're pretty much wanting to be done with school once we're once we're done with vet school. So trying to get as much knowledge as we can while we're in uh, while we're in school, so that when we go out into the real world, we kind of have have a foundation. Yeah. I think I can relate to that, although I think I've always known I wanted to own my own practice. My thing is, is after vet school, I don't want to own right away. Mm -hmm. I'd like to go um, work under a really, really good mentor for a couple of years. And I'm still, you know, I'm just a first year, so Mm -hmm. I'm I'm working on finding those mentors. And uh, also this summer, I'm excited to go in and feel the culture of some uh, clinics and and how I want to run things in the future. So I do want to own my own practice. Um, I would prefer and like if I could make it like a 70-30 split, 70 large animal, 30% small animal, um, just because of my area that I want to go back to. They have a ton of small animal only GPs, and I don't want to just do large animal. I like all of it, uh, but I do want to service more large animal patients than small and I'm sure that'll fluctuate some, but it's really hard to find a true 50-50 clinic or, you know, some something with some other range uh, of what I'm looking for. I also joined VBMA, uh, which we'll talk about another time. It's a business management club here at Texas A or <laughs> Texas A and M, <laughs> Texas Tech. Although and, all schools have a chapter yeah, of VBMA, it's so it's not yeah, it's not just an us thing. But but for our <laughs> chapter at Texas Tech, <laughs> oh, Aggie's coming out of me. Sorry. Um, so here at Texas Tech, we have a VBMA chapter, and we get to uh, have speakers come in, industry professionals, talk about what it's like to own and manage a business. Uh, because I personally don't know much about finances or running a business. I think this will help me in the future. And another thing that's really new is Tiva put on uh, or created a new program called the Starting Gate, which is for equine-driven veterinary students. 
And what that does is it just offers some mentorship to help us and keep our retention once we're out of vet school. Because unfortunately, equine vets, you know, they only stay in the business of being an equine vet for a couple of years and then they switch to whatever. So they're trying to change that which I like. I think that is such a cool program. I didn't I didn't know about that until you told me. Mm-hmm. And I think that is such a fantastic idea because it, it is true. People will go and do equine for a couple years and then realize that they want to have a family yeah. and they just don't have the time, you know. And, and that goes back to, you know, the industry needs to change a little bit to make it more conducive. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I think it's also managing expectations whenever you come out of school and being able to support students that are coming out of school that are going to go into equine practice. Yeah. I think that's really important. And I think like a big push of why I want to own my own practice is like you had mentioned creating your own culture and really making the clinic environment what you want it to be and feel comfortable in. Cause I've worked in different uh, client or clinic environments to where you feel like a family or you're just a number mm-hmm. and I'd like to be, you know, more towards the family side. Yeah. And I agree with you is that I definitely want to go and work under a mentor uh, right out of school. I will definitely not be owning a practice right out of school. There are some people that do it and I don't, I yeah. don't know how they do it, but I do not have that foundation quite yet. And I know I won't have it in three years before we graduate, mm-hmm. but, uh, I definitely want to be able to go and learn and get my feet under me before I take that leap into owning my own practice. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I don't know exactly what kind of practice I would own. Uh, I, mainly because I don't know what species I really want to work with. I think I want to do mixed. I'm working with some cattle this summer, so I'll see if I do like working with, with cattle and if I would be um, happy doing a mixed animal practice. Uh, or if I would just want to do like small animal with a mix of equine, or if I would just want to do small, um, I'm really just trying to get my feet wet and figure out what I want to do. Um, as vet students, that's all you can hope for. Yeah, exactly. And you never know until you try it, you know? So I, I mean, I'm excited for this summer. I think I'll learn a lot. Uh, and I think that I'm trying to set myself up well for what kind of practice I want to go into, um, which will be important for you know, our rotations, whenever we pick our rotations fourth year, um, I can kind of go and get the feel of, of, of what I want to go and do, what kind of practice I want to work in, kind of like how you are this mm-hmm. summer, uh, Caitlin. So uh, I 100% agree with you. Uh, and then we also wanted to just bring up that you, you mentioned that you wanted to do some mobile practice as well yes. to as your brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's also really important, especially for, you know, if you're going to do any sort of feedlot or dairy or any sort of large animal, you may have to do some some house calls, mm-hmm. some ranch calls. Well, in South Texas, kind of where I want to land in the future, a lot of uh, producers like it when their veterinarian can come mm-hmm. to them because generally they have really nice facilities and plenty of hands on board to help get the things done. And so I'd like to be able to offer... Um, mobile services from the get-go like straight out of vet school and then add that into a brick and mortar practice once Mm -hmm. I get established. Yeah I think that's a really good idea because you can get a client base before you even uh, do a brick and mortar because you with a mobile practice you actually don't have all that overhead Mm -hmm. you don't have to pay to keep the lights on because there are no lights. You just just, yeah you just got to keep the tires turning you got to buy the (laughs) truck and you got to get the uh uh, what's the name of the like the vet, vet box? The vet boxes, yeah, yeah the vet boxes. See, yeah, that tells you how much I know about my practice. <laughs> Them are expensive. <laughs> they are expensive, but, but anyway, so we just wanted to touch on that, uh, and then um, 
so you kind of know what we're thinking in terms of what we want to do. And yeah. that way everyone can learn from our experiences. Uh, I know I, I'm just last thing before we move on is that for, for my clinic, I really want it to be like a one-stop shop. Mm-hmm. Um, I want, if I do small animal, I, I think I would want to invest in buying land to actually have like a daycare, a boarding facility, oh, wow. a grooming facility. Cause I mean, like what Might I would well. trust if I have my vet right there, I would trust my vet more than just a boarding facility that doesn't have the expertise to know. Mm-hmm. Like if something happens with my dog, I would want my vet to be able to be right there and see it, you know? I like that. So I, I or like if, um, you know, your groomer accidentally cuts your dog, you know, the vet's right there to be able to look at it and make sure that your, your dog's going to be taken care of, you know? And I, I really like that aspect of it. Um, so I, I would, I would consider investing, uh, in land as Mm -hmm. well to have, have that facility there. That's important. That's a really unique thing. Um, cause a lot of people nowadays would prefer if it's just can all be done in one appointment or in at one location. Mm -hmm. So that's something unique you could bring to your area. Yeah, for sure. And it it would depend on where we are, but I mean, even in a rural area, you know, having a one-stop shop, I mean, you you have a place that you trust. Mm-hmm. You just need to find that one place and then you're done. Yeah. You know, so everything that pertains to your dog or your cat or your horse or your cow mm-hmm. can be taken care of at, at one location. You don't have to jump around and find different people. Yeah. Um, I really like the aspect of it. Um, as a client, I would appreciate it. So. I would too. I think that's pretty neat. So, um, so today our talking point is going to be kind of just elaborating more on what we've already discussed and how to set up or find a summer externship. Um, So we have some advice in the beginning before we talk about what we're doing this summer. Um, First thing is just realize what skills you're really good at and which skills you could use more practice at, in which none of us are going to be perfect at uh, skills in the beginning or ever. Uh, So just kind of if you're more comfortable with small animal and you're thinking about going to a rural community and practicing mixed animals, it wouldn't hurt to go spend a month or so during the summer at a large animal facility to get your confidence boost. And then uh, here at our school, it's something unique. In our uh, office area, we have a binder with all of these externships available. It tells you how to contact these doctors and clinics, tells you if they're paid, if they're offering housing, and um, kind of what their clinic services, small animals, mixed, exotics, etc. And so that's a really cool thing for us because um, if you're just coming into vet school and you necessarily didn't have the most clinical experience, that's okay because you don't have to worry about, oh, I don't have these relationships with clinics built already. We have a binder full to where you can just go pick through what you're interested in, reach out to them, and uh, you can just kind of shop around. It's, it's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I found one of my internships, well, kind of in a roundabout way. And then um, how I really did is one day I was in clinical skills talking to uh, Dr. Schilling, and I was telling her what I wanted to do this summer. I hadn't had any plans yet. And I told her I wanted to go work at a, a mixed animal clinic because I've had small animal clinic experience and large animal experience. So I, if I want to be a mixed animal practitioner, I kind of need to see and get the lay of the land and, and feel how it is and, and the caseload. So she recommended one of her uh, classmates, Dr. Swarb. He has a clinic in Monaghan, Texas. And I'm going to be working there for a month this summer to get some mixed animal experience. 
And then because my mom and dad miss me so much, <laughs> I'm moving, I'm going back home to uh, Victoria to work there with some veterinarians. And so my goal this summer is to learn as much as I can and maybe to make a little money because doggy daycare is expensive. Yeah, yeah living is expensive. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, yeah, I totally agree with the, uh, the binder is super helpful if you don't know where to start. Uh, and then, uh, we also, we, the conference that we went to is also a really good place, mm-hmm. uh, to get some externships as well. If you, uh, go and talk to practice partners, um, or, par- uh, just practicing veterinarians, like, and you say, I, I want to come and work with you. I really have enjoyed our conversation for the most part they will invite you to come out there for sure i had one invite me out mm-hmm. um, i had several this yeah. past weekend and we were sitting in uh dr conklin's ce and after it was over we introduced ourselves and and he recognized where i was from because of my belt buckle and he was from that area and he says well you know you need to come out during the summer or mm-hmm. whenever and and well, we'd love to have you at our practice. And, and I mean, a firm handshake and a couple words exchanged can really be a positive thing for your career as a baby yeah. vet. Yeah, So absolutely. it was pretty cool. Um, who reached out to you, Carling? Um, in terms from this weekend? Yeah. So um, it was the same vet. I mean, we, we talked oh, to yeah, him. Yeah. yeah, and then I had uh, several that um that I talked to at the mixer and they they invited me out but it was like one was an equine practitioner and I don't want to do straight equine so that didn't really seem to fit and then I also had already set up my summer plans anyways so this summer um I am actually doing the veterinary research scholar program here through the school at Texas Tech um mainly because I first of all I knew I wanted to work with cows I wanted to work with ruminants because I don't have that experience Um, I pretty much have had experience in every other aspect of vet med that I would be interested in doing. Um, But so I I knew I wanted to go and do that. But I really wanted to stay here in Amarillo Mm -hmm. because I am getting married in June. So I need exciting. Yeah. So I I didn't want to, you know, get married, be newlywed and be like, "Hey, I'm going to leave for a month. See you later. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I really wanted to be here and stay with Matt. So uh, through this research scholar program, I was actually able to stay here in Amarillo. I'm working with one of our faculty, Dr. Roof, um, with some research on some dairy cows. Uh, he has three projects lined up, and I'm basically I have to pick one. Um, so we I have to sit down with him and actually talk about what specifically That's I want to do. So we'll actually be partnering with the New Mexico State uh, Dairy Herd, I think. Mm -hmm. And we're doing research with them with whatever project I choose. Um, So it'll be really nice because I get a little bit more research experience, which I did research in undergrad, but not like as like, quote unquote, my own project. Mm -hmm. I helped grad students with their projects. So I didn't I did mainly like the grunt work. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is like my project. I'll be doing everything. Um, I'll be collecting samples and processing them and then actually making my um, research paper and I'll have a research board and we actually get to go to Puerto Rico in August to the research symposium and I'll present my research and discuss it with other people that did research with the same uh, because this this uh, scholarship program is actually throughout other veterinary schools as well Mm -hmm. so that's what the symposium is is that all the students from those vet schools get together and we present um, our research boards and we talk about what we did and people come and ooh and ah at it and 
That's um, pretty awesome, Puerto Rico. Yeah, that's... I know, right? So I, I, I'm not interested in becoming like a research vet, uh, but this was a different aspect of veterinary medicine that I hadn't really experienced. Mm-hmm. It allowed me to have the flexibility to uh, actually go on my honeymoon, uh, <laughs> which was kind of a pretty, pretty hefty priority. Yeah. yeah. Which Dr. Rufus, he was like, I'm going to have a newborn, so it'll be fine because yeah. <laughs> he was like, you should take a week and go and relax a little bit. Um, and then it gives me that flexibility of, uh, being able to, um, stay here in Amarillo and then also, um, it pays pretty well. So, yeah, no, that's really exciting. And that's something unique to your vet school journey. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of people get picked to do this or, mm-hmm. or even think to do this. And so that's going to be really exciting. Do you think after working with cattle this summer, you'll kind of have more of a, a path of if you're going to stick with mixed animal or if you're going to do small animal? I definitely think it will. Um, Every bovine lab that we've had so far, I've really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. So I don't think I'm going to hate it, but I also think it kind of depends on the culture because I also thought I would not hate equine uh, med when I went into my internship and then I came out absolutely hating it. So, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. We'll see uh, the kind of people that I meet and and what I can take away from it. Mm -hmm. But I mean, either way, I'm going to learn something, you know, I'm either going to learn that I really like working with cows and I'm I'm like more than happy to go do mixed mixed animal Mm -hmm. practice or I'm going to learn I don't like it. It may not be the best fit. And so I can take a different route. And so that's kind of going to help me um, for next summer whenever I go and do my um, externships is what I want to do next summer because I'm going to um, either go to like a mixed practice or mm-hmm. I'll go and find a, a small animal practice. So we'll yeah. just kind of see. Um, but I kind of touched on it earlier, but me and Caitlin really want to stress that it's okay to take time for yourself yes. during your summer breaks. It is. Um So for this summer, I pretty much have my summer booked to work the whole time, except there's about two, two and a half weeks where I let myself be free. Uh, I have Carling's wedding to attend. I have one of my really good, my best friend, Kaylin's wedding to attend. And um, then I'm just going to take the other week and just chill Mm -hmm. and visit my family and do whatever I need to. Well, And the nice thing is that you get to be at home for that second month that yeah. you're at home so it's it's like you still get that time with your family but you also can earn a little bit of money as well and get yes, some experience. that is nice because um I don't want to feel stressed uh during summer and then coming back to our second year where I know our fall semester is going to be tough before it levels out a little bit but I'm uh I'm excited to be able to enjoy a little bit of summer and get some sun. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. I, I definitely would hate for anyone in our class or for me to, you know, work your butt off during the summer and then you come back to school and you're like, I am so burnt out. Yeah. Like, I do not want to do school. And then, you know, you don't want to be there anymore. I agree. Like, that sounds horrible. I agree. And on this topic, um, Texas Tech and Texas A&M, most of the vet schools have sent out their acceptances for the class of 27 and I've had a lot of people ask about what should I do this summer Mm, or I've seen on some what on some like Facebook and stuff like that the groups they're like what should I do this summer to prepare for vet school I'm gonna just tell you now don't do anything relax like obviously get your stuff in order you know find a house um, prepare to move wherever you're going and uh, don't study please don't because you come in 
and usually the first week or two is a little relaxed and they kind of ease you into what it's like being in vet school and then it just keeps getting harder and eventually about mid-semester you find your groove Um, but my recommendation for the summer is if you work at a clinic do that and enjoy it because that is the thing that's going to remind you why you want to do this and cherish those patients those client relationships uh, your mentorship and uh, try and use those resources as much as you can and save some money Uh, but take vacations with your family go have a girls trip a guys trip Um, do your own thing and relax and definitely get some sleep (laughs) because you don't get much of it yeah, I 100% agree with Caitlin. I actually did a two-week trip to Italy with my best friend before I went uh, to, came to vet school, and that was by far the best decision I've ever made because I um, I have had a long-distance relationship with my best friend for uh, since I graduated, so it's been about three years, mm-hmm. two and a half years that I've I've lived at least six and a half hours away from her. So we we went on this two-week trip, and it was just the most fun thing. Uh, Oh, my God, we had such a good time. And we uh, met up with one of our friends that lives in Florence. Mm -hmm. So they took us around, and they obviously speak Italian. So it it made it way easier. And so it was just the best, uh, like, two weeks ever. And it really – I'm so glad I didn't read my anatomy textbook before. Oh, no. You don't understand those words. No, like, you You won't. read and you're like, I, I don't know what this, it's gibberish. Yeah, that's something you have to take um, class by class. It's going <laughs> to suck no matter what. Yeah. So might as well just <laughs> so enjoy So just enjoy it. your time with your family, your friends, yeah. and um, just relax before you start because it's not going, reading beforehand is not going to make it any easier, mm-hmm. to be honest. No, go spend the time with your family, your friends, your significant others. Um, you know, even with your pets, like our pets mm-hmm. don't, don't, my pets don't get the same active lifestyle like they had when I wasn't a vet student. And so, um, I mean, I'd take them to work with me every day when I worked at my small animal clinic and they'd get to run around and just hang out and be very active. And, you know, at our house on our land, they'd run around and do their own thing. Well here, you know, we don't get to do that. And I do feel guilty sometimes. So if anything, you can't find yourself, you can't convince yourself to take a break, take a break for your dog. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but I'd recommend doing some summer work, uh, because what you'll learn in a clinic is going to help you, um, in coming for your mm-hmm. clinical skills, Absolutely. even some of your classes, cause you'll be taught some things, mm-hmm. um, that we'll touch on first year. And so if I could recommend anything, save some money, make some money, you know, continue to grow your, your skills and your education and still have fun. Yeah, I agree. Don't, don't spend your time trying to read textbooks. Um, and, and I 100% agree with you. Those clinical skills that you learn while you're in a clinic are going to help you so much here while, while you're um, learning new skills because there's going to be things that you know that they're teaching you and then there's going to be stuff that's brand new to you. And sure. so the more that you can take in with you that you already know and, or you're familiar with, you've at least seen it. Uh, can help uh, a ton. And then, um, yeah, saving some money, it never hurts. Mm-hmm. It never hurts. But, you know, don't don't hoard it. You, you yeah. can spend a little bit. But, yeah, definitely just take some time for yourself and, and enjoy it. Yes. Um, it's, it's funny because our spring break starts, and we're going to be enjoying that. And, and I'm not – I don't have too many plans 
uh, which is fine with me. I'm going to catch up on my sleep. And I think it's safe to say the um, the plague has hit TTU SVM <laughs> because most of us are under the weather. And uh, if you can't tell, my voice is a little under the weather. And also my stomach is growling. I'm so hungry We're so right hungry. Now. Well, um, <laughs> the reason that we named this this episode, I'm a little hoarse. Yeah. <laughs> TVMA took it out on us, traveling yeah. from Amarillo to Houston and then back. That weather change, I really think, did it to us. And, and we've all just been lacking in sleep because yeah. the last three or four weeks have been the hardest, I think, any of us have ever experienced yeah and so we're all perfectionists in a in a sense if even if we don't want to admit it so we're tired and our bodies are like please start taking your multivitamins (laughs) so you take your emergency i've started taking vitamins and allergy medicine all the above Mm -hmm. so this uh spring break i'm gonna kind of just reheal myself yeah i'm planning on sleeping a lot too i have to travel to go see some family why well, i say i have to i get to travel to yeah. go see family so i'm super excited about it which is actually my win for the week yes so my win for the week is that i get to go see both matt's family and my family throughout spring break so i'm super pumped to go and see everyone and then um i also did my first canine neuter model Ooh. on wednesday so That's i got exciting. to take those rubber testicles out. Um, <laughs> did you feel like a surgeon? I did. I did. Although I was doing it and I was like, man, I've seen a million of these, but I've forgotten how to do everything. <laughs> you know, because yeah. you see it and you're like, oh, it looks so easy, it right? Does. And then you do it and you're like, this is a little difficult. Yeah. <laughs> but I uh, man, I was I was so excited to um, be able to, you know, do the strangle knot and the transfixation mm-hmm. and then um, actually, <laughs> you know, remove the testicles. Although I cut the the parietal tunic. Oh, me too. Don't I like that. I cut and I was like, oh no. Well, see, y'all's were black colored, mm-hmm. so you could see them a little better. Ours were still clear. Oh yeah, and transparent, so I couldn't tell that I was cutting through it when I made my initial incision. Yeah, and I was like, well, this well, just became an open. And I cut issue. and I was like. Is that the is that the tunic? Yeah. <laughs> I was like I can't tell. I was like I don't know what I'm what I'm cutting for because I feel like I've seen normal testicles mm-hmm. and I mean you know. I feel right? like it, it's not as flimsy. Yeah, for but sure. But, I mean, they do the best with the models. I, I get the the idea of it, for sure. If I yeah. were to do it again, I think I probably would do better. For sure. So. And my win for the week is um, I get to go watch one of our practice partners uh, perform a splint surgery on a horse. And so uh, the inner horse girl is very happy. It's been a while since I've been able to go watch any surgeries. And so I'm pumped because... Like we've all said, you know, when opportunity comes across your lap, you just got to take it. And mm-hmm. this was an opportunity, and I'm pumped. So that's what I'll be doing this, you know. Is that with Dr. Sturgis? It is, yeah. yeah. So that that's awesome. That's another practice partner that we talked to at mm-hmm. TVMA. Um, yeah, they're building was... us a new surgery um, facility in Hereford, and he's one of our practice partners. And so I'm super pumped to go and, and learn from him because he just seems like a really nice guy, mm-hmm. someone that – I'd yeah. want to learn. From. He's fantastic. I think he'll be a great teacher. I think that'll be a, a really cool surgery to yes. go look at. So it definitely will. Um, and I guess to kind of end this, if any of y'all have um, anything you'd like to share in terms of your externships this summer, shoot us an email at dvmloadingpodcast at gmail um, We want to hear what all of y'all are doing or what you'd like to do. And so I, I just want to keep up with our listeners. We appreciate you so yeah, much. Yeah, we want to hear everything and anything that you're doing, uh, whether what you want to do, I mean, exactly yeah. like Caitlin said. So we, we just want to interact with y'all and 
um, let us know if you're doing something cool. Yeah, I mean, email us pictures of cool cases or mm-hmm. whatever you feel like you want to share. Um, we would definitely love that because uh, we kind of live a l- little bit of a boring life. <laughs> we do. School. We look at, we go back at from at pictures from when we worked at clinics and we're like, yeah. oh, this was a cool thing. And we show other people and I'm yes. like, look at this bladder stone that we removed. Literally. So y'all, we'd love to stay in touch and, and y'all just share with us your plans this summer and, and let us know how everything's going. And yeah. hopefully something we've talked about so far has reached you and and has given you some a good outlook on vet med for sure well um also with an uh, with the email if you could also give us a like and a follow that would be fantastic yes. really helping our ratings um but i think that's all we have for today yeah. so y'all have a blessed uh, spring break and uh wreck them